It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Who to Tango episode one. Happy to have you in chat. It's your old pal Scoob. I'm here with Matt, the Steamroller Frivola. How you feeling, Matt? Oh yeah, we are out here, and uh, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm excited to get this podcast started and uh, talk some awesome fights with you, and uh, you know, move forward, man. The train is moving forward. Dude, the train always is moving forward. I mean, I saw you. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, you got mentioned a little bit today on stage yeah. during a little Q&A for one Patty the Batty. Uh, they asked if you would want that fight, and he sounded very open to it. So what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's no mystery that this is the fight that I want. And, uh, you know, he accepted it. You know, I'm a fighter. He's a fighter. We're in the same weight class, so let's fight. You know, I told him, stop being a bitch, let's fight. So, you know, let's do it. <laughs> how, how long are you willing to wait for him if he, uh, if he keeps running? Yeah, I know we'll, you said November, December. I mean, that's the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, you know. Uh, I always want to fight at MSG. I'm always, you know, showing out for my New York people. So, you know, hopefully he's ready at MSG. If it has to be December in Vegas, you know, I'm not mad about that either. So we, we just we gotta get one in, we gotta get it in before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like he's gonna get one in. He's gonna he's gonna wanna get one in. He was looking in a lot better shape than he usually usually does. He usually looks a little bit like me. He's got a little bit of the the turkey uh, under his neck, but he was he was looking looking good, looking svelte. Uh they had a, a wide array of questions for him. It, oh it's, it seemed like they let let the animals let the animals loose. Let let the fans ask questions. Uh, a fan asked if he he had ever shagged uh, Molly. Um, yeah, that, that was my favorite question. <laughs> my boy Ash, my boy Ash asked the hard hitting questions. He uh, he asked uh, the steamroller question and. Uh, you know, that, that's what the people want to know. And that's what I've been saying. The people want to see this fight. And what makes the UFC great is that, you know, they the big fights get made. So, you know, now it's on the UFC to uh, make the fight. So I'm hoping we get this done soon. Yeah. But it's definitely looking uh, looking rowdy out in uh, London right now. You know, you got to love it. I think the last question that he had, they let someone ask, the guy just goes up with a beer. And he's just like, Patty, I need a shout out. I need a shout out. I need the shout out. And Patty's like, all right, all right. Yeah, you know, honestly, that that's one of the reasons I wanted to always fight in London. The atmosphere that the fight fans bring there. I mean, the the hooligans, you know, they they they're very they're in they're very into their sports, and you know, there's no better live sports than than fighting, mixed martial arts, the UFC. You know, the UFC 
puts on one of the best live shows that you'll ever see. And the O2 arena erupts. You know, every time they go to the O2 arena, they always load the car up with the Europeans. And, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't not root for the hometown guys when, when they're fighting there because it just it makes the whole atmosphere, the whole fight night that much better. Yeah, and I feel I mean, we got an O2 coming up this week. That's a stacked card. We'll get into that. And you you fought internationally before, right? You fought in Abu Dhabi. I did. How, how different is it fighting somewhere else in the world compared to fighting in the, the good old U.S. of A.? Well, you know, Abu Dhabi was that that was during COVID, so that was like yeah. a whole kind of thing. But dude, I love it, man. One of one of the things that I love about like fighting and, and training martial arts is being able to travel the world and, and find like like-minded martial artists that I can train with and then competing around the world. You know, uh getting getting to go to Abu Dhabi during COVID was one of the coolest things I ever did. That was that was literally my Mortal Kombat uh scenario. Like I got that contract, and I'm like, all right, Dana White bought an island during a pandemic, and we're go I'm going to fight some guy. There. So that was my Mortal Kombat story. Uh, but it, it comes with a lot of challenges as well, you know, uh, having to do that travel and the time change. I remember uh, I fought in Abu Dhabi at 4 a.m. Abu Dhabi time. So it, it, was, uh, it was a challenge. That was a challenge, and then uh, – I remember finishing fighting. I fought Armin, and then they rushed me out. They rushed me out of the arena, and I see the sun rising, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Wow, that's that's like a movie, like an actual movie. That's crazy. And, uh, and then me and, Bill, me and Billy Q crushed like twelve beers for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And I did. I did want to ask about that At, after the Na Nas win. Like, what do you guys do after a fight? Do you stick around for the fights, or you just leave and go? It's beers time. Uh, the UFC actually rushes you out. You know, right right after you fight, after you win, you go right into uh, the the doctor's tent. They check you for all your injuries, and then they put you right in front of the camera. It's kind of a a trippy thing like you're, you're in there you're in a fight your adrenaline's gone and then you win and you're like oh, oh, oh my god and then, and then they, they they you checked out by the doctors you're good to go and then they got the cameras just right in front of you so but uh it's good and then right after the the media they bring you to uh the shuttle and they bring you back to the fighter hotel oh, okay so that's like a cool system yeah i remember i always remember the time johnny walker like it was his manager him post a picture him just walking around vegas in his fight gear he was like they didn't even let us they didn't even let us go backstage we just had to leave i know there, there's been a couple times after fights where i like break into the crowd i try to like put my hat down low because you know i'm a man of the people uh after i fight i want to go in, and watch the rest of the fights you know but uh they, they usually don't let you do that yeah no probably not so uh so let's go let's go back uh Let's go back two weeks. This is two weeks now. International Fight Week. Everyone's yeah. out in Vegas. Tell you were out in Vegas. Tell us what that was like for you. Man, it was so much fun. You know, I was I was actually out in Vegas for ten days, Oof. and uh, and it was nice. You know, I told told the wife that I was going on a business trip. We were going to Vegas to handle business, and uh, she okayed it. And uh, we handled business for sure, man. Shout out to uh, the champ, Aljamain Sterling. He let me stay at his house. Shout out Aaron, hooked me up with a car out there. And, um, you know, I, I love going to Vegas. Uh, it's the fight capital of the world. 
And, uh, you know, if you're in fighting, it's good for business. Um, and, you know, as soon as we got out there, uh, my boy Billy Q was out there. So I met up with him as well. He's fighting uh, Damon Jackson August 5th in Nashville. So uh, as soon as I landed, I met up with Billy Q. We went, with, we went to the Apex and we sparred. And we just, uh, we just traded some fisticuffs in, in the boxing ring at the Apex. And uh, it was great training. And, uh, you know, I could, now I could say that, you know, Billy Q's got the steamroller stamp of approval for his next fight. Um, the chin's been that, tested, thoroughly yeah, tested. I know, man. Uh, but no, that, that'll be an awesome fight. Damon Jackson is a great fighter. He's slick. He's got that slick of grappling jujitsu. He's always looking for a finish on the ground and all that. Oh yeah, it's uh, you know Billy's a dog, but so is Damon, and mm -hmm. uh, and and they're both very well rounded. But I, I just I could see Billy Q could beat him anywhere, and. and <laughs> I do yeah. feel like Billy will definitely have the edge on striking for sure. Like Damon, Damon, he's got a he's got a chance. Like he, he goes in and when he tries to grapple, he does it a little slow. You know, he can get get caught yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's you know it's a big fight for Billy bouncing back from that loss to Edson, and uh, you know he's dialed in and he's ready, and you know he's like Billy Q does not like losing. He's like one of the guys who like. If he loses at anything, he'll be like, like just behind you, just with a pouty face, just like I'm wanting to get you back. So I feel like his fight camp, he's been so motivated, and uh, I'm excited to see really the best Billy Q that we've seen. It's bad news for Damon Jackson. It sounds like he's gonna have a, a rough go of it that night. Yeah, but going back, going back to Vegas, um, you know, so after me and Billy Q get some training, we actually went to uh, the Power Slam. Oh, okay. So what was that like? I don't I don't know how I feel about power slap, but what is it like for you as a fighter? Well, you know, uh, John Shahadi uh, gave me the invite. So I went into the, the Happy Dad Lounge. I was uh, meeting all the guys, all the Nelk boys. So it, it was fun, man. I met Kyle. I met Steve will do it. Um, met Shahadi. Uh, and uh, I, I was talking with uh, Mike Malat back there. He was a really cool dude. Um, and, you know, honestly, uh, from being at a UFC event at the Apex and being at a Power Slap event at the Apex, from what I noticed about the Power Slap, it's a party. Like, okay. you, know, you could just tell, like, like, they had, like, all these influencers there and then they just, like, invited people there and, like, everybody's, like, drinking and partying and, like, in, in the Happy Dad Lounge. And, um, you know, for, I, I was back there for a UFC fight and they have TVs showing the UFC fights. But for the power slap event, they had no TVs in the Happy Dad Lounge. So then uh, they would come back and be like, all right, guys, you got to come out and watch the power slap. <laughs> so then we, we would all shuffle out, watch like one of the power slaps and then go back to the Happy Dad Lounge. So, but I mean, you know, we're out in the power slap in the Apex. Uh, the Apex is such a beautiful facility, you know, and I'd, I'd probably watch anything there, honestly. Um, and then the power slap itself was... Definitely, it was interesting. I didn't realize that there were so many fouls. People were getting called for uh, for palming, or for for like they were calling like 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 bad. Like, I think it was, it was palming or something. So doing an illegal hit—that's that's that, that yeah, doesn't seem yeah. fair at all. Oh yeah, that that hit was illegal. You just slapped them clean across the jaw. <laughs> and then the other thing that that surprised me was uh, a lot of the, these power slaps go to decisions. It's like. What? It, <laughs> They they have you get three slaps per per uh, 
I'm not going to call it a fight, but they call it a fight, but it's a match. You know, it's not a fight. So you get three slaps per match. And if you don't get knocked out in those three slaps, it goes to a decision. And so they're calling it like 20, 29, 28, your winner. So I'm like really curious to what, what the criteria is for slapping. Yeah, we need to find out the criteria. We need to become slap fight judges. <laughs> we need to be the guys. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I, I didn't even know they, that that would go to a decision because all I ever see is the clips where the guy's just there and he's just laying there and the the ref, like, um, they don't, they'll get Herb Dean to do the ref and ref, Herb Dean's just like, oh, I wish I wasn't here right now doing this for this guy. Oh man, you could tell like Herzog was in there. Like a lot of the like reps and, and judges are there, and uh, they they kind of doing the like you could tell that they're uh, they're not they're not too into it. But honestly, you know, I had a great time. I had a great time with the uh, with John Shahadi and the Nelk Boys in the Happy Dad Lounge and uh, and Billy Q and uh, and it was fun. And then and then that was Friday. And then the next day, Saturday, uh, there was the UFC Fan X which was an amazing time, man. We had so much fun. Uh, jumped on the live Anakin Florian podcast. Uh, and was just kind of walking around, uh, mingling with the people. And uh, it, it was a really cool experience. You know, I've been in the UFC for about five years. It's the first international fight week I've been to. So I, I really felt the love and uh, it, it was it was real cool. And then yeah, after that, that's awesome. Yeah, man, it was sweet. Um and then after that, we went to the fights, man. The fights were great. Yeah, that was that card was out of this world. Like if if you weren't a fan of the UFC before that card, and that was your first card, you're, you're like, oh my god, this is the best sport ever. It doesn't get better than this. And the next week, Holly Holm, Myra Bruno Silva main event. But you know, it, it that probably is the card of the year. Oh yeah, I mean, as of now, that's definitely. They all the fighters delivered, um, and then just being there as a fan, uh, the experience I had was was great. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get tickets from the UFC, so I, I had to buy tickets from a buddy, my boy Nick on Twitter, and it was actually his bachelor party. So uh, I got into the building, uh, me and Billy Q, and uh, we watched a couple of fights up in the nosebleeds with the bachelor party. And then uh, walking around the arena, we ran into uh, the UFC Strike guys who do the NFTs. And they invited us down to the lounge. And I got to, like, watch a couple fights down there with, with the people, which was real cool. And that, that UFC Strike stuff is real cool, man. You know anything about that? Yeah, that's like the, the NFTs, the Top Shot NFT type stuff. It's the little clips. Yeah. I, I, I really like I like the idea for UFC and stuff like that more than I do basketball, you, you know, because like a UFC, you get like that the actual knockout and stuff like that. That's pretty dope. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the thing that they did, uh, that if you if you have a UFC strike champion card, you get access to uh, the UFC strike VIP lounge at, at all these events. So it's cool that you have an NFT and it kind of unlocks uh, experiences. So I thought that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, that is very cool. You get like the a different experience from everyone else just because you got the little thing on your phone. It's like a key card to get in. That's what it was, man. And uh, you know, we're we're pushing to get uh, my Dover knockout to be an NFT uh, contender moment. So let's go NFT strike. We gotta get that Dover moment as a uh, contender moment. 
Yeah, UFC Strike. If you're watching, if you're in the chat, get get, get to work on that. We need that. Yeah, man. And then, I mean, so we watched a couple fights in the UFC Strike Lounge, and then uh, we started walking through the arena and uh, just started seeing empty seats, and we just sit in these empty seats to watch some of the fights. And uh, I'm, I was so happy. I got right into the arena and got some nice seats for the uh, Robbie Lawler fight. And that Robbie Lawler fight, that Robbie Lawler moment, was I think the highlight of the night for me. That it's like an all-time moment to be there in the building. That's out of this world. I'm you we don't normally get moments like that in MMA. You know, the final send-off fight. When you especially when you know going in, like the guys like this is my last fight, you're like, oh brother. Ah. But no, that <laughs> Robbie went out like he he fought his whole career. That was so awesome. He did, man. And shout out to Nico Price, too. That's a, a perfect dance partner. Shout out to the matchmakers for making that fight um, because I thought that was a great, you know, final fight for Robbie, a great matchup. And, uh, you know, Nico brought the fight. Nico's a wild man. And Robbie just beat him up with that dirty boxing, man. It was beautiful. Uh, that's a very underlooked aspect of, of MMA is, is the clinch work. And uh, with the Muay Thai clinch, with the knees and the elbows, but then with the dirty boxing, which is what Robbie Lawler used in that. It was a beautiful knockout. And then uh, and then at the, the moment after when they when they show that video and you just see Robbie in the corner like tearing up. I mean I shed a, I shed a tear that night. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely definitely a little emotional at home because you, you really don't get those moments. Like imagine he doesn't win, they don't play that video and we don't even know the video exists. Like, oh man. So no, it's, it's Awesome, we got that moment. What, is, yet, uh, what does Uncle Chael say? Most uh, most fighters go out like face down on the canvas, embarrassed in front of the world. So it's uh, it's nice to see, you know, a storybook ending for, for the legend of uh, Robbie Lawler. So congrats to him. There's there's always this there's this uh, Irish MMA guy I follow on Twitter. I think his name is uh, Sean Sheehan. I'm not sure if you know him. He always tweets when someone retires. He says, looking forward to his next one. <laughs> exactly, man. I, I mean, I, all you could have hoped is that he'll go out on that. But, um, yeah, so I, I was very happy to be able to watch that fight in the in the audience, in the stands. Um, and then guess who uh, rolls up on me and says I'm in, I'm in his seats? I saw it was, it was a Drew Dober of all people says you're in his seats. It was Drew Dober, man, out of the entire arena. What are the chances that I sit in the, the seats of my last opponent? Oh, man, it, it was crazy. And Dober is honestly one of the nicest guys I've ever fought. And uh, he's a true martial artist at the end of the day. He's a legend in the end of the day. And uh, he's got a knockout highlight reel, one of the best in the UFC, and he'll always have exciting fights, what I told him. And, I mean, he's the man. I can't, I can't say it, but, you know, I told him, I asked him what he was going to do about it when he sat in my seats. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we can run this back right now, Drew. I mean, we already know what happened. These, these seats, I got these in blood. What are you going to do about it, bro? No, I'm just kidding, man. But, uh, yeah, so and then once uh, Duke, uh, Dober gave me the boot out of those seats, uh, we walked around the arena a little bit more, and we ended up getting into the Bud Light Lounge at uh, the T-Mobile Arena. And uh, we watched the. I got some chicken tendies, and uh, we watched the rest of the fights in the Bud Light Lounge. It was it was a it was an amazing uh, fight card, an amazing experience. You know, watching it uh, 
all different parts of the uh, T-Mobile arena. It was great, man. Yeah, just work, just working your way around, watching from different angles. That's dope. Yeah, man. And then, I mean, after that, we were watching in the Bud Light Lounge, uh, uh, Duplessis, man, unbelievable. He shocked – I think he shocked the world. Nobody thought that he was going to come out there and do that to Whitaker. Yeah, I, I, if if someone someone said they like they were on him, they bet on him. You got to post the screenshot with that one because I don't think I don't think anyone believes you. But yeah. no, he looked awesome. He, he just he fights in a way where it, it's it's ugly, but it, it it's it's like he's honed it in a way where it's ugly to us, but to him that's technique. Like that's perfect technique to him. Exactly, and that that's he's found his style. He's found his way to win, and you know he's he's gonna do it until uh, until somebody stops him. So I'm excited to uh, to really see. You know, we'll see if if he gets that style bender fight. Yeah, I'm. It doesn't sound like he's gonna get it right away because foot injury of some kind. So we're getting Sean Strickland versus Style Bender. I don't know how mm -hmm. I feel about that one. I think Izzy just styles on him. I know. I think we're. I think we're all more excited for the press conference and the lead up, but yeah. I mean, you never know. You know, uh, Strickland's a dog. You know, he'll come forward and he'll fight. Um, so honestly, uh, I I'd love to. I'd love to see that. That's a that's a great fight, and uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens. And then I mean, after that fight, um, you know, Moreno and Pantoja, unbelievable fight. Yeah, that that was just that was just absurd. And then it comes out afterwards. Pantoja says he was driving for Uber two fights ago. That's crazy. I know, man. I you love to see that. You know, a guy who's been in the UFC for a long time, and you know, took taking his wins, taking his losses, but finally reached that title. And uh, you know, finally, you know, we we have a Brazilian champion now. You know, it always feels a little weird when there's not a Brazilian champion. It was for about how many days was it there? Twenty-eight days, I think. Yeah. Almost made it a month without one. It was starting to yeah. starting to shake. I was starting to itch a little bit. Didn't feel right. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, but so happy for Pantoja. I remember being in the locker room with him a couple times and seeing him and just being like, "This guy's fucking good." Yeah, and he just he fights in a way where he just he just keeps coming forward. Like he was getting the jab, which just poof, poof, poof. He just keeps marching forward, blood coming out of the nose. It's just, he's just he's got that confidence. He beat Moreno twice. At, at some point in the back of your mind, you're like, doesn't matter what he hits me with. He hasn't beaten me before. He's not going to do it this time either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and he kept coming, and he got the victory, man. Uh, but uh, Moreno as well, man. He's got he's an amazing fighter. You know, he's in nothing but great fights. And uh, just the the Mexican crowd, the Mexican fan base is unbelievable, and uh, you gotta respect that. Um, I think the, the UFC is really making a big push in Mexico uh, with all these great Mexican fighters, um, and it was fun, you know, just interacting with all the Mexican fans out there. Every Mexican fan I said, I'd be telling that I'm the uh, the Canelo of the UFC, and that I need the, I need the Mexican fan support. So I I take all the Mexican love I could get. Yeah, hell yeah, that's how you do it. Got to become international frivola. <laughs> that's it, baby. That's it. So yeah, the, let's go. Let's go to uh, a week four from there. A week back from now, you cornered Nazim Sadiqov against um, against Terence McKinney. 
gets the second round sub. After that first round, he's in the body lock for about four minutes there. How, how is that like cornering someone and they're stuck in a position like that? What, what, what are you doing in the corner? Yeah, you know, I, I knew Nas has been in that position so many times with high-level black belts on his back. So I knew he was prepared for that. But, um, you know, uh, Terrence had that body triangle on him tight, and he's got those long legs, and the body triangle was almost against the cage. So it was a little bit tougher to uh, to attack. But uh, I kept telling Nas to fight the, fight the choke hand, fight the choke hand. And uh, he was doing that beautifully, you know, not letting Terrence uh, get that choke. And, um, you know, from the, from the beginning of this fight camp, we knew that uh, Terrence is obviously a hot start, starter. I would know best. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so he was prepared for, for uh, you know, the beginning. And, but we knew it doesn't matter what happens in round one. You know, as long as he, you keep him working, you know, we're gonna take, you're going to take over round two and three and get the finish. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, Nas defended that uh, choke beautifully, kept him working with that body triangle, and eventually got his back to the mat, turned him to the guard, and finished the round uh, with good ground and pound and good forward pressure. And um, he finished the round strong. He definitely lost the round. But uh, in between round one and two, you know, Longo comes in the cage and uh, and tells him you know to to stay aggressive to keep coming that that Terrence was fading and uh, to really you know uh, bring bring the bring the output in this round and bring the aggression and um, and then I told him that you know Terrence is looking for that takedown and to be prepared for it and uh, and then Nas went out there in round two and I loved the way he came out in round two you can't really see it in the broadcast but he came sprinting out of the corner and he almost met Terrence in his other corner. And right off the bat, he starts teeing off on him and Terrence shoots just uh, like we expected a panic shot. And, and Nas with those heavy hips, uh, you know, sprawls out on him, uh, ends up taking his back. He posted on the fence, on the fence. You know, I, a lot of people are, are giving him shit for a fence grab. Yeah, but you're 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 allowed to do it as long as the ref's gonna allow it. I mean, if if who's I think the ref was Keith Peterson, and if yeah. Peterson's just gonna be like, don't grab the fence, don't grab the fence, don't grab the fence, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing until I hear feel the slap, you know? Yeah, exactly. And no nonsense, Keith Peterson is one of the best refs in the game. He's also he, I, I like him a lot. Um, but you know, you go back and look at that, and not as posted on the fence. He, his fingers went in a little bit, but he never pulled on it. Mm -hmm. He never pulled on it to, to uh, improve position. Keith hit his hand. He got his fingers out. Um, but in the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, at the end of the day, it someone matter. tapped, you know? <laughs> Nas flattened him out. Um, Terrence went back to wrestle for a leg, and then uh, Nas got the Azerbaijan handcuff uh, that I'm calling it. Um the Brooklyn Azerbaijan handcuff. Nas had that his arm behind his back, so Terrence couldn't defend the choke, and he and he uh, he sunk that rear naked choke in and got the finish. It was is an amazing finish by uh, by Nas, and personally, I was so happy he got a submission win because whenever me and Nas are, are drilling or training, he does not want to go for the submission. He just wants to pound you, and he just. Constant ground and pound. He's got amazing ground and pound, and I'm, and I'm always like, all right, you know, take take the choke, take the choke. And he just keeps fucking 
pounding me. So it was nice to see him go in there and uh, and take the finish, rear naked choke, and you know get that one back for for the team. Yeah, it's it's good to get that one back. That had to feel great watching that when he's got the arm behind his back. You're like, oh, this one's over. <laughs> yeah, it was it was beautiful technique, a beautiful win, and I'm I'm super happy for Nas and. I'm excited for his future. The The takeover is real. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Longo is just – you got champions. Marab could be a champion. Everyone's just winning all over the place. It's hard to remember the last time uh, a fighter from your guys' gym lost a fight, really. I uh, know. It's insane. I mean, uh, iron sharpens iron, and, uh, you know, we're staying busy too. It's like just this week – you know, I got back from uh, from Vegas on Sunday, and then Weidman's home now. You know, Weidman's home, so I got some awesome training in with Weidman. And uh, also I got some sparring with uh, James Gonzalez, who's uh, fighting James Gallagher in Bellator uh, August 11th. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, James Gonzalez, I know he, he, he really upset someone a couple of – couple fights ago uh at bellator me and harry have been talking it's been a while since they gave him a fight we thought they were a little uh a little uh mad that he beat their their big their big prize guy yeah man i'm i'm really excited for james uh and i'm glad that you know bellator has given him these big fights you know james took a a short notice fight uh to aaron pico and yeah, that's, then went who, that's who he fought aaron pico for a hard three minute rounds uh on short notice and uh and now that he took a loss, but he's he, now he gave him a full fight camp for James Gallagher. And uh, the takeover is real, man. James Gonzalez with Bellator, uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. going to be awesome. we got a lot to look forward to. All right. Yeah. So do we want to – we could we could recap some of the other fights on the card. Why not? We had some good ones. So uh, yeah. Did you catch any of the ones? That's the other thing. Do you get to watch any of the other fights when you're cornering someone? Is there like a, a TV in the back you get to watch on? Yeah, there is. Um, the Apex is is a, such an amazing facility. They have those like built-in locker rooms with TVs on and the fights are on. And then uh, they got another warm-up area with like a bag area, a ring, and TVs with the fights on. So uh, I definitely, I mean, in between, you know, Nas is warming up. Uh, you know, he needs me and then I'll walk over and uh, watch a couple of the fights. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a wild week in Vegas. I actually saw four of my past opponents. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that. Yeah, man. I saw I saw Dober, um, you know, at the fights. And then Terrence, obviously, I saw him. And then uh, Gennaro Valdez, uh, one of the toughest guys I've ever fought. Shout out to him. Uh, the Mexican gangster zombie. Just keeps coming forward, nasty. Uh, and then uh, uh, he fought Evan Elder, who was actually uh, Nas's past opponent, which was interesting. And then Atman Azatar was on the card as well. So it was an interesting fight week uh, running into all these guys. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got the pseudo dubs over uh, all of them, really. You got Drew Dober's chair, and then the the rest of them. I think they all lost their fights. So that's. That's another another uh, scalp for you. Yeah, man, uh, it was it was definitely interesting running into Otman, you know, because out of all the guys I fought, I guess I kind of had the worst bad blood with Otman just because of all the shit that he pulled. Uh, yeah, with the potatoes and uh, Abu Dhabi and all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But 
being around him fight week, talking to him a little bit, talking to his team, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a funny guy. He's honest. I, I couldn't help but just laugh at him at sometimes. Like, like uh, before uh, the weigh-ins, like, after everybody weighed in, you wait around for the face-offs, and, like, everybody's cold because you just cut weight, and then you're rehydrating. And Ottman put on, like, all these towels, like, around his head and around his shoulders. He looked like a pharaoh. And I'm just, like, la- like you're, he's, he's a funny guy, man. He's a funny guy. Yeah. yeah. I, swear, I swear I heard something about, like, he's very close to, like, the president of Morocco or something like that. Like, he's, like the president of Morocco will just do whatever he wants, which is something else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess him, him and his family have a lot of pull in uh, Morocco and uh, their big deal over there. Um, but, you know, he took a, he took a loss, man. He took a loss to a, an awesome young kid uh, coming out of the goat shed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as much as I don't want to say it, I think uh, Atman Azatar without his bag of potatoes might not be the same Atman Azatar, so we'll see if the, we'll see if the UFC gives him another shot. You know, I'll I'll, I'll root for him in the next shot. Hope, you know, but he's he's getting fraud checked for for real. Yeah, I mean that chin definitely is it's not there. I mean, you might uh, you might have stolen the chin from him a little bit. I I knew you know I, I knew when I was getting ready to fight him uh, both times that his his record most of his fights before the UFC were all in the you know, uh, the, the Dubai and, and, mm-hmm. and that area. So I'm always, you, you always think that, you know, was he fed opponents there? Um, maybe, you know, but he has, he has a great knock, like a couple of nice knockouts in the UFC, but he's come, he's going through a, a tough patch right now on a, a two fight losing skid. Um, now he's fighting for his job. And uh, I've been there twice in my career uh, coming off of uh, two losses. And that, that's when you see what you're made of. And that's when you have to, uh, you know, prove the doubters wrong. So, you know, I, I wish nothing but for the best for Ottman. I hope he gets back to uh, training and comes back with a big win. But we also got to talk about uh, the guy who beat him, uh, Prado, young kid, man. Dude, the, the, he's he's built like an actual, like a shed. He's just all muscle. Just, it's crazy. Yeah, man. And I mean, seeing him around all fight week as well, like, he looked like a kid, too. I don't know. Yeah, if I'm, he's young. He's really young. I don't know if I'm just a grizzled vet by now, but the kid, I was like, this guy looks like a kid. I just look like way bigger than him and stuff. But uh, shout out to him. Shout out to the Goat Shed. Uh, shout out to uh, Asim. He's an awesome dude. Awesome coach. Uh, Goat Shed's like a looks like a really fun gym out in Miami, and uh, they're they're very big on the social media, man. I think they're very new age in uh, in MMA and gyms and stuff. They're pumping out awesome content and and it was fun to, to be around fight week with those guys yeah Hallie, i feel like there's a lot of fighters now that are getting on the content game i, th- I think i saw a bunch of them there the, the ufc did a little a seminar where they in vegas they had a bunch of guys fly out and trying to teach them how to up their game it looked like so no that's awesome yeah, I saw that. Didn't didn't get the invite to that either. <laughs> yeah, I feel the, the UFC's got to work on that. You know, like everyone on the roster should get the same kind of treats. You know, like I get champs get better better treatment, whatever, and all that. But like everyone should get the same invites to their mailbox. You know. Yeah, man. I w- I was in Vegas. I would have been there, but uh, you know, it's only a matter of time before uh, you know we're we're everywhere we want to be. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna start knocking on the right doors. It's like I said to uh, my bosses the other day. Like uh, I think it was Rampage said, "The cheddar makes it better." That's uh, <laughs> that's what you just gotta start finding the cheddar. Yeah, man, and uh, you know it's coming. It's coming. Okay, so the other fight that I wanted to talk about there. Oh yeah, Jack Della Maddalena. Split decision win. That was a little late in the night. I don't know if you got to catch that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, we watched that one uh, after Nas's fight. After he pulled all that stuff, we we uh, got to watch that fight. He is impressive, man. I like him a lot. And it is no easy task taking a, a short notice opponent, um, especially you know the week of. Uh, so you know, for him to go in there and, and get the win, I think I think that's that's props in itself. But the other guy, I mean, unbelievable. Sean. Yeah, uh, Basil Hafez. I think he was a uh, he might have been an LFA champion or maybe Fury champion, some kind of regional champion before that. But he took that fight on like a week's notice. He he looked like he, he was built in there. He looked like the bigger man for sure. He was he was doing pretty much whatever he wanted, like takedown wise. Yeah, he did, man, and. Uh... You know, watching uh, being at the weigh-ins, he was the last to step on the scale, and he was hurting for this weigh-in. He looked like he was hurting for this weigh-in, and that's why I was like, "There's no way he's making it through this whole fight." I thought Jack was going to be able to finish him, but I give I give that guy a lot of credit for fighting hard for 15 minutes, um, and I give a lot of credit for Jack for accepting the fight. You know, uh, before the face-offs, uh, I was actually able me Longo. Jack and his coach were just hanging out, talking and stuff. And uh, Jack told me he was in Vegas for three weeks. He had his wife, his kid with them. And, uh, you know, the first fight gets canceled. And then they say they're going to get him a new opponent. And it's definitely a a mental game at that point, just having to keep make weight twice, um, not knowing who you're going to fight. And, you know, he, he met all those challenges head on and he got the W. Yeah, that's that's one of those fights where both guys end up looking a lot better at the end of it. Like, I, I people were getting on Jack, like, oh, he keeps pulling for the the guillotine and all that. But it's like, you got to consider he's he's prepared for at this point three different guys. Two of those guys he only had a week to prepare for. So it's like if he wants to try something, let him try something. He's still winning the fight. Yeah, and you you got to think that he's not going to be doing that again. No, no, no. You, you gotta you gotta imagine he learned from that. It's like a short notice thing. He probably, I mean, two weight cuts, like you said, probably exhausted. Yeah, yeah, two weight cuts in in alone. I, I don't even think I could do that. Um I've taken a short notice fight twice, uh, and I lost both of them. <laughs> I feel like that just opens it just opens the door to too much randomness. Like, you know, there's always randomness, but you get your you get your camp, you get your prep, you get to watch the guy's tendencies. All that's out the window. You take a short notice fight, and then you don't really get the credit once it's over. People are just like, "Yeah, it was a fight. It wasn't short notice." They're just like, "It's not short notice for the guy who lost. It's only short notice for the guy who won." They say. Yeah, yeah, it's always it's always a tough one. And then I mean that that uh, Evan Elder very impressed me a lot too. He he was one of the nicest guys to. Uh, him over with Valdez was a great fight. You know, Valdez, again, I got to say this again. He is the toughest guy I've ever fought. I would hit that guy. He would fall down. He would get back up, and he would hit, just come forward at me, man. Um, so that that was a great fight. I'm, uh, I'm happy that uh, Evan Elder was able to get a nice win, too. Nice guy. I'm excited for his future. 
yeah, he is. He's another guy that's just like perfect physique, just good technique, just hits like a damn truck. And yeah, Valdez just walks through all of it, does not care. They both lit each other up a good amount. They both got knockdowns. Elder was out in the first round, I think it was the first round. Maybe it was the second he started getting knocked down. Yeah, I mean, I remember that that beginning of the first round, Valdez just dropped in like the first 30 seconds and like, oh man, this again. But he gets up and uh, fought, fought the rest of round one, and then he comes back and hurts, uh, has a beautiful slip and rip on that, on uh, Elder in the second round. But uh, Elder kept his composure and, and got the victory, man. Uh, props to him. Yeah, major props, major props. All right, so do we want to get into the next card, this next one coming up? We got Aspinall, Ty Bura at the O2 in London. I think everyone made weight today. I saw they did have to get the curtain out for Johnny Parsons. The curtain had to come out for him. Okay, okay. Um, and, I, like, I like Johnny Parsons a lot, actually. Uh, yeah, that, I wanted to know about him because I'm a little – I don't know I don't know about his record a little bit. I was like, – his first UFC fight is against a guy with 13 UFC fights. Like that's – that tells me this guy must be very good. Yeah, uh, he's a super nice guy, too. I was hanging him out with him in Vegas. Uh, he's got a, a lot of – I'm pretty sure he's got a lot of experience out in Thailand and Muay Thai training and fighting out there. Um, he's primarily a kickboxer. Uh, and I think, you know, with him with, uh, you know, Danny Roberts, Hot, hot Chocolate, it's going to be a, a fun stand-up uh, battle that I think, it, you know, it could go either way. Yeah, I feel like both guys are game. Danny Roberts, he's been in some battles. He's his chin's definitely been tested. But you know, when it's a guy's first fight in the UFC, that, that's that's when all the questions get answered. Yeah, who's who's the favorite in that? It's got to be Hot Chocolate. Um, let me pull that up. Let's see who the favorite is. I actually think it might be might yeah, be Parson. One twenty-five. Oh, hey, I wouldn't mind the dog there. Yeah, Parsons even money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would be an interesting one. I mean, but going up this card, um, there's so many good fights on this card, dude. This this we're getting spoiled this week. Like this is an underrated spoiling. I know. I mean, you know that uh, UFC is making the the big push out there in London. I mean, those London cars always deliver. Like we were saying before, with the atmosphere that uh, that the UK fans bring. Um, is electric and uh, they definitely loaded it up with uh, with these Europeans and you know uh, I'm, I'm pumped for this Irish girl uh, you know she's supposed to be the next star right Shauna Bannon yeah Bannon I think uh, she's like a very talented kickboxer I think she's she's got some um her bio is list on Twitter just is full of stuff um, yeah she, she's Irish and uh, she's getting the McGregor push and uh, she's, you know, she's a pretty girl as well, which is always a plus. Um, it says here her bio, kickboxing world champ and times seven and a double black belt. Ooh, a double black belt. Yeah, don't know what that, don't know what double black belt, what's the difference there? <laughs> oh man, she's got a, a black belt and uh, fighting, uh, fighting in the pubs in Ireland, maybe at the Black Forge, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, UFC has been really—they've been getting a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Irish fighters lately. I saw they signed another one yesterday. 
it was a very Irish name. I can't even pronounce it, but they're just they're up to like six on the roster now. Yeah, you know, they're they're constantly trying to expand globally and they recognize that market in Europe. Um, with I mean, obviously the the McGregor. Um, so I think they're 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 always trying to find their stars out there and uh and you know, they're they're coming out to London and then even looking at this next fight, um, that Chris Duncan, isn't he he's somewhere from out there, right? Uh, yeah, he's from Scotland. He's from Scotland, and I he, he's the guy he beat um, Charlie Campbell. We're trying to get some revenge there. I I like the other guy, you know. He's got he's got some hands, uh, KO hands. So. Oh yeah, man, I, I remember that the last guy. Uh, what was his name? Yanal. Yeah, Yanal Ashmuz. Yeah, he's got the red or. He's got the red beard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red beard, yeah. It's, he's not the one that looks like Ariel Hawani. No, no. There's a different one. Different no, guy that looks like Ariel Hawani. But I remember watching uh, Yanel's uh, UFC debut. He had a beautiful red beard, and he had a beautiful knockout. So, I mean, the two and two go, you know, hand in hand. So, I, I guess i probably go with Yanel, too. Chris Duncan's a tough guy, man. He's a tough guy. Like, uh, with that fight with uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie had him, man. Charlie had him. That was great. That that was one of the first fights as, like, a fight fan where I was, like, I was screaming. I was, like, let's go. Let's go. Get him. And then he gets – he got hit. He fell. And I was just, like – I was, like, stuck. I was, like, wait, I I don't think I can watch fighting anymore. I was, like, (laughs) I don't – I can't handle that. I can't have that happen again. But no, Charlie's mm-hmm. bounced back from that. He's got, I think, two wins since then. So uh, yeah, Charlie came back, had a big win for uh, CFFC, um, and it's only a matter of time before you see Charlie Campbell in the UFC. He is uh, very good. I know that firsthand, and uh, he's on a roll again. You know, he just got that win at CFFC. He's got a swagger back. Um, you know, he's he's a fun guy to watch. He's got a fun personality as well. Um, and uh, I'm always excited for his fights. He's one of one of my uh, training uh, like, uh, sparring partners. You know, I always like sparring with Charlie. Um, and he's just another guy on the Saralongo fight team who's like on a, on the rise. Yeah, him and uh, Dennis Bazooka. Those are the two that I'm like, they got to get him in the UFC eventually. It's only a matter of time before the Albanian army takes over, uh, following Dennis Bazooka to uh, the championship. It's uh, Bazooka is is so good, man. He's so good, and he's young. He's got his head on straight. He's got a he's got a great following, and uh, he'll be uh, he'll be a champion one day. The Armenian people they show up for their fighters. There's Albanian. a local guy, uh, yeah. or Albanian, sorry, Albanian and Armenian people. They both they both just show up like crazy. But yeah, yeah. and then. Next fight I wanted to talk about, uh, Brian Barbarena going up in a weight class to fight Mahmoud Muradov, of all people. I I mean, props to Brian for being willing to go up a weight class, but there's worse guys you could have found to go up against, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I mean, Mahmoud, he's, he's got some heavy striking. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, and... But Barbarina, you know, he's a, a grinder. He's, he's, you know, he's that blue-collar uh, American, like, grind. I'm hoping he wears those uh, overalls, you know. And uh, it'll be a fun fight. 
Yeah, Craig and Chad says he likes a challenge. Definitely, definitely. He's one of those guys. He's never going to turn a fight down. Like, you just put the name in front of him. He's signing the line. Yeah, he. I mean, I would. You can't. I wouldn't mind going him with the dog. Honestly, if he, he's definitely got to be a nice dog. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If there's ever a dog to bet on, Brian Barberina, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, this card is just. I was like, yeah, we'll pick a few. We'll jump around, and then I'm like, as we go, I'm like, each fight is just so damn good. Yeah, they're they're bringing it for London for sure. I mean, uh, they got Mark Casey on there again. You know, unde undefeated in London. Uh, Joel Alvarez, Mark Casey. That's a, it's a you know that's a 155 fight that I'll have my eyes on for sure. Yeah, and Luke Thomas tweeted today. Um, Joel Alvarez, he's never defended a takedown in any of his fights. He's got, I think, four fights now. He's not defended a takedown yet. And Mark Casey, that's a guy. He's got 11 takedowns against Slava Claus, eight against uh, Handanovic. The next fight, so it's like. If there's ever a guy to not have that stat against, you don't want to have that stat against Diakasi. Oh no, especially uh, the the new uh, wrinkle in Diakasi's you know game he's showing. You know, coming into the UFC, he was such a, an explosive striker, had amazing knockouts, and then uh, he came and showed his wrestling. You know, his last couple fights, he's been he's been wrestling, taking people down, controlling them. Um, so I think. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how how soon he turns to that wrestling. Um, if he tries to come out there and uh, and use some of that striking first, but you know, again, like you said, Alvarez has, has never defended a takedown before, so that's that's kind of an absurd stat. I mean, he has fought some of like the better people in the UFC. Like he's gone against Armand Saryukin, he's yeah. Thiago Thiago Moises. So it's like he's gone up against some decent. Decent comp. Oh yeah, man. We'll, we'll, that'll be a high level fight. Um, and yeah, he does, uh, Alvarez can can uh, submit people too. He's got submissions on his record. And he he's like he, he's he's a big guy for the weight class. He's like a, a little bit of a weight bully. Oh, he's huge, isn't he? Another one of those uh, six three lightweights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, just a giant. Like it's crazy that guys like that can even make weight. I know there's a there's a few of them. I fought two of them. I fought Jalen Turner who was six three, and then I fought uh, Bob Ross who was six three. Um, well, violent Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, violent Bob Ross. He doesn't he doesn't seem like six three when you watch him fight, but he's he's got that length to him. Yeah, and uh, so we'll see if uh, Alvarez can can use that. You know, it'll be interesting. And he's gonna have to. I mean, last fight Diakasi came out and was like standing and banging. So maybe he's willing this time. Yeah, we'll see. And then uh, guy that I always like. He, he he's had a rough go of it, but Jai Herbert. I like Jai Herbert, man. Oh he's, yeah, he's amazing striking. Dude, um... so such a good striker. So crisp striking. He just he's almost too crisp, you know? He he'll, he'll start putting the the 2 3 and he's like, "Why don't I add 4 5 6?" And then you're like, "No, don't go that far." Yeah, I mean, before before he got flatlined by Ilya, he was looking good. He hurt Ilya. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a high-level striker. Uh he's a UK guy as well. Home, he'll have the hometown crowd with him. Um, but he's also he's fighting a very good uh, French kickboxer in uh, Faris Siam. 
So that that'll be a I think that's a sleeper fight too. I think you got two stand up guys. I think they'll definitely uh have some beautiful striking. So it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all of these fights. It's hard to pick a like a fight of the night here. Like it feels like a, a, any one of these could be. I know. There you got Paul Craig. You know Paul Craig and Andre Munoz. That should be the co-main to me. I don't. I know Molly. Molly is like the fan favorite. She's the UK one. But I mean Paul Craig, Andre Munoz. That's like that's a, yeah. like a title contender fight. It could be. Oh yeah, and then uh, Paul Craig going down a weight class, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is going down a weight class, so he's probably going to be a fucking house yeah. compared to him. And that it, it's always fun, you know. You got a lot of high-level strikers on this card, especially you know it's in Europe. They're known for their kickboxing and their striking. But this fight with uh, Munoz and Craig, that, these are grapplers, man. So it'd be a nice mix-up after all these strikers to see two grapplers get in there. Yeah, they both got a both got long arms going up against two grapplers. That's gonna be so scary going up against a guy you know loves to go for the arms, and you got long arms just. Get a broke at any moment. Yeah, you know, sometimes you see if they both have the grappling, they might st- just decide to cancel that out and stand and bang. Um, but we'll see. It's always fun to watch Paul Craig fight. You know, his guard is, is amazing. You know, the triangles that he got. Uh, so I, and and how he just he gets rocked and then he just drops and uses jujitsu. I feel like yeah. Paul Craig's always getting hit. But always coming back with a with an amazing triangle, amazing submission. Yeah, and I I don't I don't hate his striking either. Like he hits pretty hard. He's got pretty underrated striking when he wants to do it. He goes for it for sure. Then we got uh, Nathaniel Wood. We got Andre Philly. I love uh, Andre Philly's name uh, nickname Touchy Andre Touchy Philly. That's a good one, man. That's a good one. Old team alpha male guy. I want you to feel he's been around for a long time now. Yeah, yeah, he's got 18, 18 UFC fights. He's one of those guys, you know, you, you don't realize when guys are building up the, the number of fights they've had, you know? Yeah, you know, team alpha male, he's been there the whole time. Um, you know, it's a great, great camp. And, uh, you know, he's still doing it. I was just like 19 fights in the UFC, man. That's, uh, it's impressive, and uh, buddy, you know he's taking on Nathaniel Wood. That's that's not it's not an easy fight. I think that's that might be a little bit of a you know passing of the guard kind of fight. You know, I think I think uh, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, it, it's he he's on the rise for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's got very good grappling. Gets you on the ground. It just starts wailing on you. Yeah, you know, uh, he's coming off two wins against Charles Jordan and Charles Rosa. So, I mean, he, he, he beats Andre Feely. That's a three-fight win streak. I think he'll definitely – he'll be up there for a big fight. Yeah, and, I mean, he had a fight scheduled with another guy in the car, Lerone Murphy, both highly touted guys. Maybe if they both win, they'll run that back, try to get that fight going again. Yeah, I can see that. And then we got the co-main event, huh? Meatball Molly McCann. Versus uh, Julia Stolyarenko. I don't I don't know how I feel about this placement. You know, like I love Molly. Molly's she's fun, she's exciting. But I mean, I feel like there's other fights on this card that could have been co-main. 
Definitely. Definitely. But, you know, they're playing they're playing to the London crowd. Molly's a huge name out there now. Um, so, you know, they play to the whole hometown crowd. Give her give her the co main event. I'm not I'm not too mad about it. Yeah, and I mentioned the pop when she if, if she wins, but she probably will. She's certainly got the better better resume coming into this one. Yeah, you would hope that they would give her uh, a little bit better of a uh, of a fight. You know, isn't this uh, this other girl's like one in five in the UFC? Yeah, yeah, she's one in five in the UFC. Uh, her only win is over Jessica Rose Clark. She got an arm bar. I think she is an arm bar specialist. That is what she she likes to go for. I don't like hearing armbar specialists usually because I just imagine reaching for the arm and getting punched while you're just doing it, you know? It's a good technique. Yeah. You know, always be hammering. Yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know. I also don't like uh, an armbar spe- specialist against uh, Meatball Molly. You know, I think that's probably her weak point is her grappling. Uh, she she kind of got uh, exposed a little bit by Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, when Aaron was able to take her down and just beat the piss out of her. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, Molly's going to be home in London. She's going to have the crowd behind her. She, they they stacked the cards for Molly. Um, so we'll see if she can deliver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she usually does. She usually does. So we'll see if she's worked on the grappling a little bit for this uh, this bounce back here. Yeah, all they can do is hope. I mean, they really set her up, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really set her up to get the win here, get that, get that crowd pop before Tom Aspinall's return. And then we, yeah, yeah. we got the main event: Tom Aspinall, Martin Tabura. I'm really yeah. excited for this one. This one's gonna be fun, I think. Yeah, I think it's also another fight set up for Tom for Tom Aspinall. They the UFC wants this kid to win in his hometown in London. Um, you know, he was he was in title contention before that knee injury. I I I don't think it's crazy to think that he he looks good in this fight. They might try to give him John Jones like sooner rather than later. Like after the Stipe fight, like Tom's the next guy in line because it feels like they really want him to be like that homegrown star they've got. Oh yeah, and you know he's he's ranked number five right now. Uh, he was on a five-fight winning streak before he lost his last fight, but he, you know, he lost that last fight to Curto, Curtis Blades, and that was kind of he stepped back, and then yeah. his knee, like his knee, popped out or something. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Like he, he, he did get hit, and then on the step back, it was just like his knee was ruined. And yeah, that was when was that? April of last year, so almost a year to the day. Actually, he's fighting. Yeah, this is a big fight back for him, you know, just uh, for his confidence, just for his momentum again. Um, and, you know, he's got a main event slot in London. Um, so it's it's definitely he's definitely got got the pressure on him to uh, go out there and perform. Um, but, you know, I see him getting getting it done. His the way he moves as a heavyweight is impressive, man. He moves like a lightweight. Uh, his striking is high level. You know, his grappling is high level. Um, his takedown uh, defense. If you try to do that to him, he's got extremely high level takedown defense. This is it was very hard to find that edge that you usually have in like the heavyweight division. Oh yeah, and he, he's got the size six five, you know, like two sixty. Um, but 
The the heavyweight division's getting interesting. You know, you got him and then you got Sergey Papovich. You I know, love Sergey. He's uh, so cool, right. man. He's always posting on Instagram, just he's punching on the beach under a bridge. Oh, I'm looking like a beast. I, I did a video like that, and everyone's having slower than I'm like, dang. <laughs> Dude, when he posts those videos and he's punching, it's crazy. He's just like... Bro, he's looking fast. He's looking big. He's looking strong. You're matched up against him. I know, right? Uh, there's a there's a Twitter post that they matched me up against him, <laughs> and, then, and then like everybody believed it too. <laughs> MMA mismatches. That's like someone posted. Oh man, the guy the guy who Paulo Costa was supposed to fight. They posted like his new matchup, and his picture was just larger than the other guys so the size looked completely off oh my god yeah but uh he's i think i think sergey or how do you say sergey i think it might be sergey i'm not sure it might be sergey speedback but i'm not sure i'm not speedback uh pavlovich but yeah, uh, him and him and tom aspinall i think tom aspinall gets to, gets this win you know that's a that's a fight that you want to see and then and then maybe winner of that will fight uh for the title yeah, I actually think that's that's the perfect way to set up the heavyweight division right now. Just how it looks and with what they've got scheduled, you know. And what do you think, Stipe John Jones, by the way? What do you think for that? Oh man, I mean MSG for John Jones and Stipe, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh and you know, I'm I I can't root against Stipe. I love Stipe, man. He's a, a firefighter. He's a blue collar guy, you know, always working hard, you know, never cheating, always being a good guy. Doesn't talk much, just gets his nose to the, to the grind. And, uh, you know, and then John Jones, you know, John Jones, arguably the goat, but with the picograms, you could say, eh, but he has never been beat. Nobody has beaten John Jones. Uh, and, We'll see. You know, the I was so very interested to see the John Jones experiment at, at heavyweight. And he passed that first test with Gain. Uh, he looked great. He got that victory pretty easily. Um, but I know that Stipe is going to go out there and give him a fight. And in the end of the day, that's what I want to see. I want to see, you know, Stipe go out there and, and, and really test John Jones and, you know, hopefully beat him. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like people people have forgotten just how good Stipe is. Like the last time they saw him, he's getting knocked out by Francis, but he's he's considered one of the best of the best ever, just as well. Oh yeah, I mean his boxing and his wrestling. You know, John Jones is not going to take down Stipe Stipe as easy as he took down uh, Game for sure. Yeah, no, that was that was um, that was very sad. He just got out there the easiest easiest choke of his life. He was just shocked by it. Yeah, and you know, main event MSG. You know, hopefully, me and Patty will be right under there, man. That's uh, that's what I'm shooting for. Be on that main card for sure if they can get that scheduled. If he's ready for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, All yeah. right. Any other fights you wanted to talk about, or we should talk about Tibera a little bit. We didn't we didn't give him his credit. We did a lot of Aspinall talk. Um, Tiber, I mean, he's fought some of these, some of the other best of the best, you know, he fought Romanov. I, I shouldn't say best of the best, but Romanov was highly touted when they fought. He sort of, uh, sort of gave him the, the G check and he didn't look as good as people thought he would. Yeah. You know, he's coming off a two fight win streak. So he's got some momentum coming 
and he's been around for a long time, man. He's fought, fought, you know, a lot of the top guys and he's no easy out for anybody at heavyweight. So this, this will be a test for Aspinall. And, uh, but I think, I think the, uh, I th- how, how much of a favorite do you think Aspinall is? Uh, he is. Wow. Minus four fifty. Yeah, that's kind of crazy for a heavyweight fight because anyone could get sparked. I know. I, I think you got got to just go with the under on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ride with the under there. Someone gets oh. knocked out. I mean, heavyweight going five rounds. I don't see that happening. No. I think if you want to get crazy, Aspinall by sub. He does something slick. He's got. Some- yeah, he does have submissions. And then uh, before we get out the door here, we'll head out. We won't hold the people too long. We got a nice hour. Go through the card for our first show here. Uh, we got a little. We got a little uh, underdog slip. We're gonna go with underdog fantasy. Uh, we put this in uh, shortly before the show, and I think it's only solidified uh, since we talked about it. So we're rolling with Joel Alvarez lower thirty-four and a half strikes because, like we talked. Diakasi is so good getting people in the down, taking them down the fight he wants. So we're hoping just neutralizes Joel Alvarez. And we're going with uh, Mahmoud Muradov, higher, 49 and a half significant strikes. Just just hope for a good fight with Brian Barbarena. Bar- Barbarena just doesn't get knocked out. He doesn't go down. He, very durable. Very durable. So we're just hoping three-round war there. Just get 50 strikes. We're out the door and we're happy. So I'm going to put the link for that in the chat. And uh, is there anything else you wanted to to plug? You got your Twitter, at Steamrolla. Yeah, you know, uh, get me on Twitter, get me on Instagram. But uh, just going back, I got to tell you about training with Wyman this week, man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. tell me about that. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, I got in uh, Monday, and, and it's all—it's so awesome having him uh, back at the gym. It's like the energy, just the spark that he light, lights under Longo. Um, and then, uh, you know, Tuesday, uh, Longo put us through, like, an awesome, like, like circuit of, like, conditioning. And uh, we had uh, the man himself, King of Queens, Kevin James, with us. Oh, I saw that. That's so cool, dude. Yeah, Kev- Kevin James just crushing the workout with us. Uh it was, it was so cool, man. Uh, so I would say, like, maybe, like, in 2017 when Weidman was living here, uh, he was run, he used to run these practices in the summer, and uh, Kevin James would be at every single one of them. And it, like, impressed me so much, like, how Kevin would do everything. He would do every conditioning circuit, every round of sparring, every sprint. And uh, he, he's really a tough guy, a, a, an awesome, awesome guy, and uh, – and I'm pumped for Wyman, man. He's looking like a beast. He's looking good. He's looking good coming back from that uh, injured leg. It's been a while, but no, it's good that he's coming back. Feels good enough to fight again. Oh, Dude, does he have a fight scheduled already? He does. Boston. He's fighting Brad Tavares in Boston. Woo! Okay, okay. That's going to be a good that. fight. That's going to be that. an awesome matchup. Tavares brings it as well. You know, Tavares is, is very good everywhere. Um but Weidman, I think, could beat him anywhere. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Weidman's just he's another guy. People just – they 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 don't remember. He's been gone for a little while. He's about to remind them. Exactly. He's going to remind a lot of people uh, in Boston. And uh, we got Aljamain on that card as well. So uh, I'm going to be out in Boston for that. I'm excited. Um, 
Yeah, and it, when I was out in Vegas, I got to watch uh, Aljamain Spar as well. And Aljamain's looking very good. Yeah, that's good. He's been dealing with some injuries, so it's good that he's looking good, you know? Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, they they definitely set, you know, they're trying to give O'Malley every advantage they could get, trying to rush Aljo into this fight camp. And, uh, you know, Aljo, I, I give him so much credit just for, for dealing with all that and uh, and still just – just getting getting his getting his work in and he's he, he looks ready he's ready to go man when i saw yeah. him before he sparred hard he did you know and he's working hard out there and uh he's the champion of the world for a reason and and he's gonna he's gonna show everyone in boston man yeah i feel i feel like a lot of people are gonna be disappointed that night uh the o'malley betters the, the backpack might be worn once again I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Sean's gonna be able to get the backpack off of him. No, I don't think so either. But hey, you know, we'll see. We're shipping up to Boston. The old Long Island boys are coming. It's a Viking war trip. Hell yeah! You already know how we do it. Hell yeah! All right, I think that'll do it for today. The first show two to Tango one. We will see you guys next Friday. We got the bmf belt of all things we got a poirier versus uh justin gaethje so uh, we will see you all then make sure you follow us both on twitter give us a like a subscribe all that stuff and we will see you guys then thank you so much for watching yeah man thank you guys for watching we're gonna be excited to keep pumping out you know these podcasts every week gonna have some guests on as well um, you know, I, I mingle with a lot of these fighters out here, so I'll definitely, you know, hit up all my connections to get uh, some cool interviews. And uh, I'm looking forward to do like fan questions as well. And uh, you know, any, feel free to shoot us any any messages, anything if you got any ideas. Uh, you know, we Scoob and Steam are here, and we're here to stay, baby. Let's go, Underdog Fantasy. That's right. All right. Peace out, everybody. See you later. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.